For decades, the mortgage business operated one way. People needing money for a home would go to their local bank and ask for a loan. From there, a bunch of complicated processes would begin, from pre-approval to mortgage processing, to the underwriting process, to closing day, with lots of paperwork in between. Over time, banks have become bigger, but all those lengthy on-premise processes have remained mostly the same. For brothers Dan and Gary Gilbert, two mortgage brokers starting a business in 1985, a question began to form. What if these systems could be simplified? What if a new way was possible? Watching Dan, I saw it so many times in rooms where people would be like, we can't do this, or this isn't possible, or that's not going to happen. What I learned watching Dan is that the world is more malleable than you think it is. You can truly bend things to your will. I often like to say, are you a rule taker or a rule maker? That's Bob Walters, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and President and Chief Operating Officer of Rocket Companies. Dan and Gary Gilbert are the founders of Rock Financial, the company that would become Rocket Mortgage and eventually the basis for Rocket Companies. By focusing on simplification and customer experience, they challenged the status quo in a way the banking industry has rarely seen. If you say the world is a static pie, if things are as they are, and you operate within those constructs, you have one lens on the world. If your world is, I can actually open that box wider, I can create rules, I can alter the course of things, that's a very different lens. The rocket companies have evolved over the years into a consortium of businesses laying a big stake in the lending market. What started as a small team is now about 26,000 people. Dan and Gary had been told their idea was impossible. And now, nearly 40 years later, they've certainly proven those naysayers wrong. What force has helped propel Rocket to reach these new heights? And how has this company of rule makers continued to cultivate innovation decades after their founding? Find out in this episode of Business X Factor. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, head of strategy and executive host at mission.org. Welcome to Business X Factors. Each week, we'll take a look at the secret sauce that takes companies to some of the highest levels of success and then unpack how they got there. We'll explore how these organizations are run and what's so special about the people, the culture, and the processes that make it all happen. What is technology for? Our friends at Highland believe technology is for transforming the way you work, for delivering complete information when and where you need it so you can be more agile, more empowered, more connected through each interaction and in every relationship. Highland believes in technology thoughtfully designed to create better customer experiences. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. (laughs) 
Bob learned a ton from Dan Gilbert, the founder of Rock Financial, now the chairman of the board of directors of Rocket Companies and majority owner of Rock Holdings, Inc. And there'll be more on that later. But Bob's earliest lessons came from his hardworking parents. My dad is a Lutheran minister who, like, is the most overeducated person you ever want to meet. I think he has multiple master's degrees and a four-year divinity degree. But as such, the value of education was always pretty, pretty prime. My mom's a nurse, so that was always important to her as well. But education didn't only include what Bob learned in the classroom. For him, it meant getting all kinds of real-world experience, too. I was a job hopper as a kid. I had a paper route. I worked at a local outdoor theater, started out picking up garbage in the ninth grade, rose to these very august ranks of leading the garbage pickers a few four years later. I worked at some factories. I worked at a, a plant that made boats. And I had some jobs where I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> so sometimes I learned as much what I don't want to do as what I do want to do. But I, I think a lot of those jobs I was learning how different businesses run. I was learning how leaders interact with team members. I was watching how factories manufactured things. I also had a a bent for finance. I was the nerdy kid who was back in the day when there were stock tables in the Wall Street Journal. I would look at them and I was intrigued by that. And so that when I went into school, that finance always intrigued me. Three ingredients led Bob to join Rock Financial. Hard work a passion for finance, and then a little bit of a lucky bounce. And so the way I came up through the business was through the capital market side. My first job in the, I didn't know what a mortgage was. I just happened to get a job at a bank and I happened to be in the mortgage company. That was just pure happenstance. If I'd have gone to the credit card side, who knows, I could be in credit cards today. And I think that Capital Markets Foundation really assisted me because it gave me an understanding. A lot of people who originate a mortgage don't have a a real perception of where's that money come from? You know, our industry lends about $3 trillion a year. When you're talking about money that size, you need to understand global finance. You need to understand securitization. You need to understand the mechanisms, the levers of how that works, because not only does it help as a trader, but also helps as you manufacture mortgages, understanding who's buying them and what their interests are and what they care about. Just like Bob climbed the employment ladder as a kid picking up garbage to the leader of the garbage pickers, he put in his time at the rocket companies and grew into leadership roles all along the way. So when I started in 1997, I was brought in to lead capital markets. I like to say that sounds really fancy until you realize that was two people. And we used to lock loans by having our loan officers write on a piece of paper, the information, walk down and put it in a wire basket. So I always say our lock technology at that time was a sophisticated wire basket. Our sophistication in capital markets grew, and then our servicing team began to report to me. If you had asked me then, 25 years ago, hey, Bob, do you think you'll be the CEO? I'd like, no. I think for some people, that is their aspiration. That wasn't mine. But but you put your head down and hopefully provide value and hopefully show that you can get things done and hopefully show that you can create and build, then over time, things tend to accrue. Today, Bob is the president and chief operating officer of Rocket Companies, and he was also recently named the CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Dan came down to me, it was Christmas Eve 2016, and he asked me to become the president and chief operating officer. And I was like, Really? You want me to do that? Not because I don't think I have capabilities. That wasn't what was on my mind at the time. And quite frankly, if I'm honest, 
my first reaction wasn't like piece of cake. I was like, can I do this? What's that mean? What's that mean for me? So I often tell people as they take big jobs, if you're a little afraid, that's good. I like to say to people, if you're not afraid at all, when you get a big job, you waited too long, but also embrace the moment because the likelihood that you're going to engage in a very fruitful period of your professional life is high. Things are new. Things are coming at you quickly. Your ideas are happening. What can't be done hasn't yet formed in your mind. Scar tissue isn't yet there. If you look at some of the great artists and musicians, sometimes their greatest things happen in relatively short bursts. And so hopefully it was fruitful for me and for others. And hopefully this next period of time will be the same. This next fruitful period for Rocket Mortgage will be built on a foundation created more than 30 years ago. After the break, Bob shares the beginnings of Rocket Companies and why being a rule maker was built in the very foundation of the companies. And I try to figure out how a culture was created at Rocket Companies that time and time again disrupted the status quo to make customers' lives better while scaling. Stick with us. If you run a business, you have information. Loads and loads of information across different channels, systems, and silos. How can you connect the dots to make sure the right information gets to the right people who need it? Highland helps more than half of the Fortune 100 companies do just that by providing them with the tools they need to digitally transform and create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. In the mid 80s, Rocket Mortgage started out as Rock Financial. It's fair to say that Rock Financial established a disruptive mentality on which all Rocket companies are built. This innovative mindset and culture, first developed by Dan and Gary Gilbert, has been passed down to Bob. For good reason, Bob tells the Rock Financial origin story like it's a sacred business myth. I think Dan was 22, 23 years old, and Gary, his brother, was still in college. Their mother was a real estate agent, and they'd heard about this thing called the mortgage broker. Dan had an entrepreneurial mindset, and they said, how hard can that be? And so, like a lot of brokers, they started out very small. I think they did 3 to $6 million of loans in the first year. To put that in perspective, we do about $3 million a minute. Dan was always obsessed with how do I take what has historically been a business where people walk into their bank, go up to the teller and say, I'd like to buy a home, or maybe I'd like to refinance a home. And they point you over to a cubicle and say, that's, that's our home loan person. Rarely was there any advertising done, and there certainly was no scalability. It was a very regionalized business. And so if you had a bank in your town, that's where you went. And so Dan always thought bigger than that and was always searching for ways that, that we could expand both our brand and our reach, but also our capabilities. And so he was one of the first to begin to advertise. 
about the mortgage and demystify what had been a very complex thing, make it approachable. The roadblock to approachability and scalability was that all of these transactions had to be in person. If you want a pizza, you don't always have to go to the pizzeria, right? In 1996, Rock Financial launched a product called Mortgage in a Box. Literally, it looked like a pizza box. It would be sent to someone's home. In it was a full ability for you to fill out an application. And then you'd send that back thinking scale, thinking reach. Now I don't have to wait for someone to come into my branch. I could mail that box 100 miles away, 200 miles away. And that began it. The mortgage in a box, that was internet before internet. And then came the internet. And Dan came in one day and said, we're going to shut all of our branches down. We're going internet. This is the future. And I distinctly remember this thinking, wait, you said we're going to do what? A lot of founders, they bring a a vision that is a unique way of thinking. It all seems very obvious today, but I promise you in 1997, it didn't seem obvious. I distinctly recall going to various conferences and listening to people in very articulate terms explain why it would be impossible for people to transact via the internet. This is a complex transaction. It requires a person to sit face-to-face with someone and bring in all their documents and set them on the desk. And it's just, you might get a few crazy folks, but you're not, it's not going to work. And then all of a sudden we continue to grow and grow. Dan had challenged the status quo again, and the returns spoke for themselves as the company eventually fulfilled loans across 3,100 counties and parishes in America in all 50 states. But scaling the unscalable always came back to one thing, a concept that was the essential ingredient to what Dan had built. It required simplification. Dan had this unbelievable ability to take the most complex things and deconstruct them into their simplest components and make it approachable and understandable. For example, if you look at our isms book, which largely he authored, it doesn't look like heavy paragraphs and, you know, detailed charts. It almost looks like a children's book. There's illustrations that are fun and they look like it might have been to an audience of 10-year-olds. And Let's pause there really quick. Dan wrote the greater part of a book that identified 20 isms for his companies to live by, a book that is provided to every new employee. If you want to check it out, We've linked up an article in our show notes that summarizes these 19 sayings. Back to Bob. We would always say, explain it like you're explaining it to your grandmother or explain it to you, explaining it to a teenager or whomever, somebody who might not have that ability. So many people seem to gain value by explaining things that seem complex and people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, I know you don't. Aren't I so smart? Dan's like, no, it's the opposite. It is the ability to explain things easily and make things approachable. That's genius. That's the thing that's challenging to do. And really, I think the company has embodied that both certainly in our our messaging externally, but also how we approach uh, processes, make them easy, solve the client's problem, don't solve our problem. Statistician and economist E.F. Schumacher said, quote, Any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and more violent. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction, unquote. Or as one of my favorite phrases goes, keep it simple, stupid. 
So how does a company of 26,000 keep it simple? How does it distill the ideas of its employees and truly find the innovative nuggets? Rocket companies developed a platform called the Cheese Factory to help. The Cheese Factory was how do you gain insights, really crowdsourcing of insight from team members. Once again, you go back to simplicity and approachability. Dan didn't call it our Six Sigma you know, business automation team. He called it Mousetrap. In the Cheese Factory, we had someone build a mouse with cheese costume who would walk around. But that, that was Dan. It was anti-bureaucracy. It was approachability. It was fun. It was simplistic. But make no bones about it. The, the work was serious business. Mousetrap goes back to its, you know, mousetrap. How do you build a better mousetrap? Make something better and constant improvement. Any company that is worth its salt is always improving that creative destruction. They have to be willing to do that. Otherwise, someone will do it for them. So yes, that's the innovator's dilemma, right? You know, you built a thing and you're prospering on the thing. But if you want to stay relevant in the future, you're going to have to break or discard your thing because if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it. It sounds great to say it, but to actually do it, the time you go along and say, hey, this thing that's bringing in a bunch of revenue right now, let's go break it. People, Are you out of your mind? Bob and his team are constantly breaking the new rules that they helped set. It's that frame of mind which has allowed them to continue to spin that flywheel of simplicity, to continue to find new and exciting ways to make the process even better and even faster. It still takes too long to get a mortgage. It's still more frustrating than it should be. And we're a highly regulated industry and it's very complex. And so every loan is a bit of a snowflake. You might be W-2'd, I might be self-employed, child support might be part of your income picture, it might not for me, on and on and on. So it's not as though it's a widget that's the same. So you're, you're talking about enormous complexity across scale, but there's still a lot that can be done. Why should it take three weeks to get a home loan? Why not three hours? Nobody gets a mortgage because it's fun. They get it to buy a home, they get it to save money or maybe take some cash out of their home to do something. So the faster they can get that achieved and the easier it is for them, the better. And that's our quest, not to shave a day or two off, but to shave weeks off of that time frame and to digitize a lot. Instead of you having to search for your W-2s or your pay stubs or, or us having to call your homeowner's agent to get your deck page, why can't we just pull all that electronically and get that information digitally right up front and make decisions right away. Similar models to Rocket Company's method of digital disruption are now being used in other legacy industries that were previously constricted by seemingly unmovable rules. For instance, companies like Omada Health and BetterHelp are now delivering digital remote services more efficiently to customers in the healthcare sector. Sean Duffy, the co-founder and CEO of Omada Health, recently made the point that acceptance of industry realities and rules is essential, but so is the imagination to innovate within these parameters. Innovative companies simultaneously work within the rules of their industries while also being willing to adjust the game itself. And these sorts of transformative companies like Rocket Companies are doing so by creating digital platforms and systems that truly serve people. As an example of this sort of work, Rocket Companies is building and developing Rocket Logic, which is software to utilize data alongside the human touch 
to expedite back-end workflow to serve customers faster. One of my sayings is, let's let computers do what computers do well so humans can do what humans do well. Computers suck at building relationships and rapport and picking up on emotional cues. They're not good at that. And humans are incredibly good at that. Humans suck at remembering thousands and thousands of things, rules perfectly over time. Computers are good at that. And so whether it be getting a mortgage or getting a personal loan or putting solar on your home or buying an automobile or like understanding bank accounts, we just bought Truebill, for example, these are all complex things. And you often have to go multiple places to do that. What if it could all come together in one easy place that you could stay, that you can get these services easily, and that we can recommend these services easily to you at the appropriate time? That's really what we're driving toward. And mortgage is a key component of that ecosystem that we're driving toward. Rocket's disruptive nature is driving unparalleled growth for the company. And it should come as no surprise that its rulemaking attitude doesn't start and end with business success. Rocket is also challenging the status quo in other, less obvious ways. A lot of the reasons that the company resonates for the team members is that we say doing well by doing good. It's more than profit. And so the giving back in our communities, Detroit and Cleveland and Phoenix, has been a huge deal. The, the amount of work Dan's done here in Detroit, and, and we moved the entire company down to Detroit 12 years ago, just about two years before De Detroit declared bankruptcy. It was completely counterintuitive. If you'd have gone to business school, they'd have said, that's the last thing you should do. Run away from the city that's in trouble. But he ran toward it. It was counterintuitive, but it was genius because it resonated with people. There was meaning in that. And so having a great idea and building a great product is certainly important, but there has to be some larger meaning, I think, for people to truly rally around something. And that's also been a key part of, I think, our success. Doing well by doing good is a saying that many businesses might use, but Rocket isn't just paying lip service to the idea. Its team is very much putting it into action. The biggest reason that homeowners in the city of Detroit lose their homes, it's not a mortgage foreclosure, it's a tax foreclosure. They're unable to pay the taxes. And so we've been working very hard with the mayor and with the state. So there is an area where you're like, wait a second, aren't you a mortgage company? What are you doing? Dan, talking with folks like that's the biggest problem. How can we help? How can we help and use some of our resources? This enormous source of pride for us, it goes back to the business. If you're proud of where you work, and you feel that you're a part of something bigger than yourself and it's a force for good, the effort that you give is different than an effort of somebody who just is working for a paycheck. Rocket's unconventional investments into Detroit have already paid impressive dividends, both for the community and the company. But as Bob will tell you, the company isn't seeking to be contrary just to be contrary. Its success is derived from an ingrained philosophy that to push the envelope is Rocket's responsibility. Dan would always say, um, you're here anyway, you might as well think big. It is that force of will and the willingness to challenge the status quo. Not only the willingness, that's not the right word. The obligation. I think if you were to ask Dan, it's like, that's wrong. It is my obligation as a human who is going to spend time on this planet to alter that, I watch people like that. That's exciting. When you realize that you can actually start changing the rules of the game 
and you can influence things and be a force for good, that's a different world than, hey, move this widget from A to B. This notion of bending the status quo until it becomes something better has been taught to leaders and employees at Rocket Companies so that it will permeate through its companies in perpetuity. Rocket Companies aren't just breaking the rules for the fun of it. They are breaking the rules so that they can write new, better ones. And it's about more than profit. That's right. That's what Bob said. Remember, these rocket companies rewrite the rules. They've redefined profitability to be doing massive, great things like lifting up previously underappreciated cities and people because they see the tremendous potential of these places and people ready to launch when fueled by belief and sincere support. I don't know about you, but when I have a decision to make, I look for information. I may look through emails, documents, photos, and files in multiple places. And if I'm lucky, I find what I'm looking for. So it's amazing to me that while I have trouble finding a single file, some organizations' success hinges on making sure that the right people can get all the right information they need when and where they need it. Like hospitals, insurers, banks, and all sorts of businesses. I don't know how they do it, but our friends at Highland do. Highland empowers more than half of 2020 Fortune 100 companies with tools that help make sure the right information gets to the right folks easily and automatically and makes business processes smarter and more efficient. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D dot com slash insights. You've been listening to Business X Factors created by our team here at mission.org and brought to you by our friends at Highland. Are you enjoying the show? If so, I would be so grateful if you rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. This really helps to ensure that more listeners like you find the show and it lets me really know how I'm doing. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to dive a little deeper into the topics that we discussed, be sure to check out the resources section of our show notes where we've included helpful links, articles, and books, including any stats or stories referenced in this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jeremy Bergeron. And I'll catch you next time on Business X Factors.